New on CuriosityStream, Darwin's theory of evolution, a scientific breakthrough, but 1920s Tennessee wasn't ready for it. It became the Bible versus evolution. Followed a heated trial that changed American education forever on Monkey in the Middle. And it's the country's deadliest highway. There were something like 178 accidents in a 10-year period. Don't miss the most dangerous road in America. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. When I was about 14 or 15 years old, my friend was having a birthday party at her house. It was only just girls until my boyfriend and another boyfriend of my friends attending the birthday girls' party insisted that we leave her house and walk to the local high school closest to her house to meet them so we could continue to hang out and have fun with them. It was around 2 in the morning when we were walking down a straight main road that eventually led to the high school. All of a sudden, this hillbilly, probably 40-something years old guy, drives past us, slows down, stops and backs up to me and my two friends that went in this walk. He stops right in front of us, gets out of his car, walks up to the three of us, and asks what us pretty young things are doing out so late. Me being the most clever and brave, reply to him with some bull story about how our friends were having a party and they started drinking, so we got uncomfortable and wanted to go to my house for the rest of the early morning. After I told him that, he stood there with his hands in his pockets, eyeing each of us up and down, all whilst looking back at his truck a few times. My friends and I definitely knew he was trying to figure out which one of us would be easiest to grab and throw into his truck. I was the smallest of my two other friends, mind you, and he kept making eye contact with me over my other two friends. He stood there eyeing us for what felt like forever, but was probably more like a couple minutes. He eventually asked us if we wanted a ride home, or if just I wanted him to take me home. We replied that we were almost home and we didn't need or want a ride. He stood there, eyeing us up and down for another minute or so, deciding what to do, and he eventually got back into his truck without saying a word to any of us. When he drove off and was far enough away for us to start running, we jumped the small fence lining the high school and ran across the field to the tennis courts where we were startled by my boyfriend, my friend's boyfriend, and another guy friend of ours. We told them what had just happened and we walked over to an alley that was on the end of the school that led back to the sidewalks and main road we had just been walking on, heard some screeching tires and a car speeding as fast as they could back up that road. We saw that it was the guy that we had just encountered, speeding directly back to where me and my friends were just walking. He stopped his truck, got out, and was walking around searching, most likely, for my friends and I. We all hid in some nearby bushes as he patrolled the sidewalk up and down. After a few minutes of searching for us, he got back into his truck and sped off in the opposite direction from which he came. We all ran to the other side of the school and took some inner neighborhood streets to get to my friend's boyfriend's house to make sure he couldn't find us if he was still on the hunt. We assumed he came back around as fast as he could because he finally made the decision to pick one of us up and take off with us to do as he pleased. Thank God we dodged that creep that night. This happened about 10 minutes ago and I'm still shaking. I went to my neighborhood 7-Eleven to get cigarettes, paid, went back to my car, 
I just shut the door and put on my seatbelt when a man walked up to my window. He was smiling and motioning for me to roll the window down. He obviously wasn't an employee, so I smiled, shook my head no, and started my car. He didn't take the hint. He was still standing there looking at me while I was waiting for him to move so I could back out of the parking space. You guys, I saw him reach for my door handle. Almost in slow motion, and in a split second, I slapped the lock down, yelled no, and laid on the horn. This was a very good advice from a friend once. If you're in danger, lock the doors and lay on the horn. I almost heard my friend's voice in my head while I did it. The creepiest thing is that the guy looked taken aback, confused. He looked at me like, what? What's the matter? And then just kind of walked away. I watched him walk down the block before I left to make sure he didn't come back. He was a normal looking guy too. Didn't look strung out or aggressive, but look out. Those are the ones that get you. Let's start off with some backstory. My parents had shared custody of me until my dad went to start working away. FIFO. So I moved in with my mom. She lived about two hours away from where I lived with my dad in a pretty crappy suburb, plenty of junkies and alkies. I was 12 to 13 at the time, maybe younger. The man will be Craig. Craig was my neighbor. My house was at the end of the road, then an empty house, then Craig's house. Craig's house was about the same size as ours, but he had about 10 people living there. They were aboriginal, so it's not unusual to have so many people living in a small house. It was about 8.30pm, and one of my small dogs had gotten out of the house and ran down the road. So me, being the good fur mom I am, went out looking for him. I called for him a few times until I started to panic. Craig sat down on his lawn, drinking with plenty of empty bottles beside him, I was on my lawn when he stood up and stood in the center of his so the vacant house's lawn separated us. Craig waved me over, telling me to come closer, so I did. I walked closer. He told me he had my small dog in his backyard, and if I didn't hurry up and get it, he was gonna friggin' kill the mongrel and hang it all over your house. I was in shock, so I walked closer. Then one of the women I lived with came running out and told me to get away from the man. I snapped out of it and basically ran inside my house. What happened was my dog had basically done a lap of the neighborhood and came up right next to our house. He dug under the fence and into the backyard. One of the other women I lived with heard him bark so she asked the others if I was still looking for him. That's when the lady called for me. To the old man who told me he was going to kill my dog, I hope you die. Last summer, I, 17, female at the time, started working at a local hole-in-the-wall pet store in my city. They were grossly understaffed, with only seven employees. Not only that, but I was the only girl and the only employee under the age of 22. I was very naive and trusting of people at the time, and constantly gave people the benefit of the doubt. After working there, my mindset changed drastically. A lot of the customers were really predatory towards me, and I could make an entirely different post about that, but I'm going to talk about two of my co-workers, Mike and Jim. Mike was a seemingly nice, albeit a little weird guy. 
He was a super tall and skinny and honestly could have passed as like a 20-something stoner. Jim was a retired army vet who wasn't technically an employee, but volunteered there in his free time. He was also very tall, had some piercings and a shaved head. Jim and Mike were close buds and actually lived together. I'd strike up conversations with both of them when work was slow, and I wasn't intimidated by them at all. The first red flag. My first day of work there, I was taking out the trash, and had to open the garage at the back of the store and get to the trash bin. I asked Mike for help, since I wasn't strong enough to lift it. He said, It's not that you're not strong, you're just small. You wear it well, though, and looked me up and down. Weird, but I thought he was just trying to be nice. My third day there, Mike and I were the only ones closing the store. We were making small talk. He told me he was 32, and that he had three kids with three different women. He then proceeded to tell me, in vivid detail, how each of those kids were conceived. Like, super personal stuff you wouldn't be telling a co-worker, much less someone you knew for three days. Again, weird but he was a weird dude, and I thought maybe he was bad at picking up social cues. Mike would also walk me to my car, a lot, after work. We were usually the only ones closing, and it was always dark. At first I thought it was a really kind thing to do. We would talk for a bit, and I'd get in and drive off. But he would talk to me for longer periods of time each day. He would walk out and sit on the curb near my car, lighting a cigarette and inviting me to join him. I'd politely decline because I didn't want him to know that I smoked. I was worried about my reputation there. One day, he actually put his hand on my car door after I opened it, holding it open so I couldn't shut it. I made some excuse to leave, and he let go. I thought it was just an accident, and that he didn't realize he was holding it open. I was constantly making excuses. A couple days later, I heard Mike talking to a customer. I have no idea what the context was, but I heard Mike say, if an underage girl and a guy are together, the girl should be charged with something. When I went to court, they couldn't arrest me because this girl was blackmailing me. I seriously can't make this stuff up. I met Jim after working there about a week and a half. He had a super dry and sarcastic sense of humor, and I was honestly used to that, to excuse a lot of the things he said to me. When he found out I was 17, I'm assuming Mike told him, he would always make fun of me, saying things like, isn't it past your bedtime? But whatever, I thought it was funny. I'd call him an old man even though he was only 35, and we'd joke around. One day I forgot to do one of my pre-closing duties, but Jim told me he took care of it. I was super apologetic about it, and he put his hand on my arm and said, at least you're good to look at. I just laughed it off. He would constantly make comments about my appearance after that, telling me my shirt was too tight or that I looked a lot older than I should. It started getting more serious. One time I signed my name for the pre-closing checklist and Jim picked it up. He was like, hey, drugs and socks, I know your last name. I could totally stalk you if I wanted. Another coworker heard him and was like, Dude, at least wait until she's 18. Jim turned and asked me, How long are you until you're 18? I told him around two months and he was just like, No, I can't wait that long. The next day Jim came in. 
He looked at me and asked if I drove a green car. I said yes. He then recited my license plate back to me and said, I told you I was going to stalk you. This definitely made alarm bells go off in my head, and I desperately wanted to believe he was kidding. Even typing out this next part gives me chills. After this incident, there were multiple times that I was followed after leaving work by a white car. Luckily, my work is in the downtown area of my city, and I lived very far west. So most of the time, I lost the car before I got close to my home. Though one time, the car did follow me all the way out to my neighborhood. Instead of entering my neighborhood, I just kept driving and ended up in the countryside outside of my city. I am very familiar with this area and was able to lose the car out there. It was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I have no proof that this was Jim, since he never closed the store, and I didn't know what car he drove. It only happened while I was leaving work, and it stopped after I quit. Unrelated, I put in my two weeks after about a month of working there. Once Mike and Jim found out I was leaving, they'd tell me how much they'd miss me and kept inviting me over to their house for co-worker game night, where they'd have everyone over to play board games and drink. I reminded them that I was 17 and couldn't drink, and they told me that they didn't care, and that I probably drank anyway. Mike constantly asked for my phone number to set up a time for a game night, but I always ended up getting distracted with something else before I could. My last day working there, I was closing with Mike, and he was like, I bet your boyfriend's happy that you don't have to work with me and Jim anymore. Like an idiot, I told him I didn't have one. I asked him why, and he just said, Well, me and Jim are kind of creeps, but we take pride in being creepy. It's like a running competition between us. The rest of closing, he was all over me. Touching me, not in a sexual way. Walking right up to me and essentially putting his body against me. At one point, I was leaning against the counter, and he put his hands on either side of me and was towering over me, trapping me there. He said, We're never going to have another girl working here like you. I left quickly after that. I was driving home. I finally added up their behavior and comments and connected all the dots. I couldn't believe I was so oblivious. I genuinely think that if I kept working there, something a lot worse could have happened to me. So to Jim and Mike, I want to thank you for making me much more careful around people I don't know. This happened a couple of months ago. December of last year. I started working a new job in the mall and had to work for most of Boxing Day. I was done at 10pm and transit seemed to have ended at 7pm. I'm a student who didn't go home for the holidays due to this job and never had to deal with holiday transit hours. I decided to call an Uber and the driver picked me up right in front of the mall. We had a casual conversation during the drive back and he learned about where I worked and how I'm living on my own for the time being, since my roommates went to their hometowns. Fast forward to the next day at work, around 6pm, this driver walks into the store and tries to strike a conversation with me, but I told him I had to get back to work. He also asked if we could hang out later, to which I said no, and he left. At the end of that shift, 10pm, I walked out of the store planning to take transit, as soon as I stepped out of the store, the driver immediately pulled up next to me and offered to give me a free ride back home. 
After going back and forth with me declining and him saying it's free, I decided to walk away and caught a bus home. I was pretty overwhelmed by the fact he showed up to my workplace and waited three hours until I was done work to offer me a ride home. I've reported this to Uber, and they've notified me that they suspended this driver, provided me with a full refund, and gave me a link to provide to the police if I plan on filing a report. Silly of me to give away information like that to a stranger. But I hope to never meet that driver again, who appeared twice my age, knows where I work, and live. Lesson learnt, 110%. So this happened to me almost seven years ago now. I should give some background info before getting into things. At the time this all happened, I was around 16 years old, and I had a friend I'll call Karen, who was dating a boy named John. At this point in time, Karen and John had been dating for maybe six months, and after going out with Karen and John on many occasions, they decided that they wanted to hook me up with John's friend. We'll call him Cameron. At this point in time, I had met Cameron in person once. He was nice, so I gave him my social media, and we chatted a couple of times. It's important to note he didn't have my number or know where I live. Now it's time for the story. Fast forward to one night, maybe a week or two after I met Cameron. I'm lying in bed. It's about two or three in the morning, and I get a call from an unknown number. Thinking why the hell is an unknown number calling me at this time of night, I decide to answer and see who it is. So I answer the phone and say hi, and a man responds saying hi back. Since I didn't recognize the voice on the other end, I ask the person who they are. Instead of giving me an answer to this question, the man on the line tells me to look outside my window. Thinking this is probably a prank call, I tell the man to F off and hang up the phone. Once I did this, the number calls back again. I didn't answer it. The person then proceeds to call me another four times until I finally answer the phone, which again I ask who the heck is calling. This time the person responds and tells me that one of my friends gave him my number and that I'm the guy he's been talking to. At this point, my stupid 16-year-old mind is trying to rationalize this, and the only person I can think of is Cameron. Before I can say anything to this person, he again tells me to look out my window, and I began hearing noises outside my window. Now I should mention that my room is right beside my parents' room, and being stupid, my first thought was this fool was going to wake them up, and I'd never hear the end of it. Let me tell you, that thought soon turned into the last thing I would worry about that night. Anyway, at this point I'm also starting to get creeped out. I'm thinking to myself, if this is Cameron and Karen did give him my number, how the hell would he know where I live? So I reply to the man and say, Cameron? The man says yes and tells me to look out my window. I reply telling him to go home and hang up the phone again. Weirded out, I decided I'm going to get up and go into my basement and call Karen so that hopefully my parents don't hear me talking from my room. This is really important, because to get into my basement, I have to pass a door that is partially made of glass. So I get downstairs and call Karen. She answers, clearly half asleep. I tell Karen about the unknown call, which I'm assuming is from Cameron, 
and how he is telling me to look out my window because he's outside. And on top of this, I can hear someone out there. Karen, now clearly awake, tells me she has never given Cameron my number or address and calls John quickly from her home phone to see if maybe he did. At this point, John answers and tells Karen that not only had he never given my information out, he is with Cameron. They tell me if someone's outside, I need to hang up and call the police immediately. So I hang up the phone, and before I can even go to dial anyone, I get another call. Guess who? Unknown number. So I stupidly answer again, and before I get a word and the man tells me that he knows I'm in my basement, he saw me walking by my back door. Now I'm clearly disturbed, as I did just walk by my back door to get downstairs so I know someone is outside. Again, before I could say anything, the man tells me to come outside. So stupidly, I tell the person I'm calling the police and hang up the phone. Why I didn't call the police at this point, I really don't know. Probably because I was 16, stupid, and literally in panic mode. Not more than a minute later, I get another call, an unknown number. I answer again. The man then tells me to come outside or he's coming inside to get me. Clearly panicking at this point, I have this deep gut feeling that if I go outside, I'm never coming back. However, I do have to go by the door again to get back upstairs, and that was equally terrifying me. So I hang up the phone again and muster up the courage to run upstairs, because the last place I wanted to be in was a part of my house no one else was in. I get more calls. Unknown number. Unknown number. Unknown number. Again, my 16-year-old stupidity answers. This time, the voice on the phone sounds shook and says to me that police stopped him outside my house and want to speak to me to make sure I know him. The phone gets passed off to someone who identifies themselves by name with some title I no longer remember and asks if I know the man outside my address. He says my house number and street. I quickly tell the voice on the phone I don't have any idea who the person is and hang up the phone. Never got another call again. However, I did sit there all night holding a bat and had problems sleeping for months. I should also mention, I didn't have many friends at this point in my life, and looking back on this night, I thought maybe this was a prank taken too far. However, I begged the few friends I did have for months to admit that one of them were the person who pulled this off, and to this day, they all insist none of them did this.